Hello, I am Judesca Villan and this is another Rappler Podcast episode where we discuss facts, nuances, and controversies behind the big issues in the Philippines. This is Rappler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Pag-uusapan natin sa episode na ito ang tensionadong relasyon ng Iran at ng United States. Contrary to what others may think, yung possible heightened tensions affect not just the US or those residing in the Middle East, but many countries too, including the Philippines. Pero saan nga ba nagsimula ang tension na ito? At anong possible role na gagampanan ng Pilipinas kung lumala ang sitwasyon? Kasama ko ngayon si Sofia Tomacruz, ang foreign affairs reporter ng Rappler, para tulungan tayong sagutin ang mga tanong ukol sa krisis na ito. Thank you, Sofia, for joining me today. Hello. So my first question, itong tense relations ng Iran at US, hindi naman ito nagsimula lamang nung namatay si Iranian General Qasem Soleimani, di ba? Ano nga ba yung root cause ng tension na ito sa pagitan ng dalawang bansa? At ano yung factors? Well, you're right, Jadas. No, the tense relations between the U.S. and Iran have been haven't been just limited to that the incident wow. where Soleimani was killed. In fact, it has a long history. The two countries have a long history of not being on the same page, mm-hmm. and this has involved many issues, such as, I mean, most recent, uh, aside from Soleimani's killing, the nuclear deal with Iran, where you know we we all know that. They, they ended into yeah. this deal during the Obama administration, okay. and then in the Trump administration, they pulled out of it. So mm. that's just one example of the rocky relationship that they've had. But uh, just a brief background on what happened. In the early hours of Jan 3, the U.S. launched a drone strike at the Baghdad International Airport, and this killed Iran Commander Major General Soleimani. Okay. So that was really the event that pushed those tensions to... A critical point where the rest of the world and a lot of world leaders expressed alarm and concern over what happened because it pushed the two countries to the brink of war. But how did the U.S. government come to this decision na itarget Soleimani? Was this all decided by President Donald Trump? Well, what we know is that in the hours after Soleimani's killing, the officials from the U.S. Mm-hmm. were saying that the decision to kill Soleimani was in response to quote-unquote, imminent threats to American lives. This mm. is something that U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said. And another line that they, that they would give the public was that Soleimani was, quote-unquote, actively plotting in the region oh. to take actions that would have put dozens, if not hundreds, of Americans' lives at risk. Okay. But in the days since then, in the weeks since his killing, that has kind of come into question. What experts are noting and what you know, news reports also note or is that it's becoming murkier day by day what exactly the reason was oh, okay. um, for, for, for doing that. Because we remember that this isn't something, this isn't an option that has just been presented to Trump. It's also been presented to other U.S. presidents before him. Mm. And they never took it because it was a very extreme action to take, an, an extreme option to take. And I think one thing, one reason why this was really not opted for in the past is as military experts say and and international relations Mm -hmm. experts observe is that when you launch a when you kill somebody who's so when you kill an official who is so pivotal and so powerful in a country especially a country like iran it's not like it's a country without a leader Mm -mm. or without the power and and resources to strike back and so i think that's also one reason why everybody viewed the killing of Soleimani with such alarm. When the news broke na namatay nga Soleimani, 
parang ang daming nag-react na he just killed one of the most powerful people in Iran. Mm-hmm. And ang daming ang nagalit na Iranians, understandably. Ano ba klaseng figure si Suleimani? And why did, he, why did his death lead to this heightened tension pa? From what I'm seeing, he's revered in the Middle East. Kasi nga, di ba yung funeral nga, nagkaroon pa ng stampede, di ba? Mm-hmm. Pero the US loads him. Mm-hmm. Ano ba yung main points regarding his personality? Ano ba yung main contentions dito? You're right. He was regarded as a pivotal figure in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. He commanded the Quds Force of the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Force, which has is known to have proxy militias outside Iran. And so mm-hmm. basically, he's like the mastermind behind backing of proxies and militias in countries like Iraq, Yemen, Lebanon, and of course, in the Syrian civil war as mm. well. Okay. He was known, I mean, he was known as somebody responsible who had a role in the Syrian civil war and the Quds Force, as we know, backed President Bashar al-Assad. Okay. He was also described as a unique and possibly even irreplaceable leader because he's also somebody who was responsible for shaping much of the region's battlefield okay. as we know it today. But Conversely, um, the Pentagon has deemed him responsible as well for the deaths of many Americans. So now we go from his death. Ano yung mga main events na highlight mm-hmm. siguro no ongoing tensions between his death and now? Are things looking up or medyo spiraling down tayo? Right. So I think a few things to take note of since his death would be okay. that one, just hours after it, Iran vowed to take severe revenge. Mm. And that's precisely the scenario that everyone wanted to avoid. And the U.S. responded by saying that if you take severe revenge, we're going to, we're, then we're going to act as well. We're okay. going to respond to that. And uh, yeah, Trump warned that there would be major re- retaliation if Iran was, supposed to, was going to take severe revenge. But in the days after that, we saw that Iran struck two bases in mm-hmm. Iraq, mm-hmm where there were American soldiers. But after that, they said that they wouldn't take any further action anymore, uh, of course, depending on how the U.S. would react. So since then, we haven't seen any other strikes, Mm-mm. and things do seem to be calming down a little bit, although everyone is still on guard, including the Philippines. Atong nangyari in the past week, yung Ukrainian airplane. If I remember, tama ba yung pagkakaalala ko na Iran mistook it for a hostile target. Right. Because this was happening all in the same hours that, you know, the strikes were mm. taking place. And so they accidentally shot down a passenger plane. Oh. And at first, they didn't admit it. Yeah. But days after, they admitted it and said that they would hold the officials responsible and involved in the incident accountable. So parang yun nangyaring incident na yan na more than 100 people mm-hmm. died. Uh, marami pa dyan resi- uh, residents ng Canada, di ba? Yes. Parang it shows na yung uh, uh, effect nito is more than US-Iran. Right. I think one thing that was pointed out as well um, after Soleimani's killing, and which is why the world expressed such concern and alarm over the the incident, is because precisely what you said, Jadez, that it's not just the US and Iran who were going to be affected. Uh-huh. For one conflict would take place in, let's say if conflict took place in the Middle East, Iran's not the only country in the Middle East. Yeah. There are so many other countries that would be dragged into it, if not by actively taking part, then just by having, you know, being caught in the crossfire. Yeah. And everyone wants to see out of it because nobody wants to, to, to get into war precisely. Because then it's not just 
limited to the two sides, right? Everybody will be affected. And you mentioned na maraming countries din in the mm-hmm. Middle East na possible na caught in the crossfire lang. Mm-hmm. And Middle East, as we know, is a favored country of destination of many overseas Filipino workers. Can you tell us how many are Filipinos in Iran or maybe in the whole of Middle East? Actually, I think one important figure to note is the figures, the number of Filipinos in Iraq because that's okay. a ground zero, it's like the ground zero for conflict because okay. that's where Soleimani was killed and that's also where Iran struck the two bases. Mm-mm. So according to the DFA, there are a little bit over a thousand okay. uh, Filipinos there working in Iraq. In Iran, it's a little, it's a different story. Some thousand as well, but they mentioned that a lot of them are spouses mm. of Iranians, and so they're not there for the same reasons. Okay. But in the Middle East, the entire Middle East, there are some two million overseas mm. Filipino workers. It's actually one, one of the regions where there are the most number of OFWs. Mm. And how is the government responding now, considering that, of course, hindi pa naman siya full blown war, mm. but the actions, although sabi mo nga, nagka-calm down na, hindi pa natin alam kung anong pwede mangyari. Uh, mm-hmm. How is the government responding and do you think ba na magkakaroon pa ng full-blown deployment ban? Mm-hmm. At least in, siguro first in Iraq and then mm-hmm. maybe in the whole of Middle East. Right. Actually, there are, there is already a deployment ban to Iraq because alert level 4 was raised so mm-hmm. there shouldn't be any new deployments there and at okay. the same time they're calling for mandatory evacuation actually in the in the days after um Sonia Mani's killing president Duterte some of his first comments on the issue were that he was worried about it he couldn't sleep at night because so many Filipinos were in the region mm-hmm. and so he instructed his officials to come up with a plan to evacuate all of them and then since then Besides alert level four being raised, the Department of Budget and Management set aside about a billion, around a billion pesos ready for repatriation. And in the last few days, we also saw that two ships from the Philippine Navy were sent off to the region. Mm-hmm. And then they said that this would be, this is just a precautionary measure. So even if things are de-escalating, we still want to send these ships off because we're not sure what's going to happen in the, in the future. And mm-hmm. so at least if something happens, then they're there. And actually, also the first batch of repatriated Filipinos from Iraq um, arrived this week. Okay. And then, you know, yung pumutok yung balita nga na heightened tensions, parang may mga social media noise saying mm-hmm. na possible na ma-include tayo sa war kasi nga of our close relations with uh, the United States. Right. Uh, do you think this is possible or hindi ba? Yeah, you're right. That was one question that came up um, right away because the U.S. and the Philippines have a treaty called the Mutual Defense uh-huh. Treaty. But then Defense Secretary Delphine Lorenzana made it very clear that it wouldn't be activated because it's not covered in the treaty. Mm. He was saying that it only covers um, Philippines and surrounding areas. Okay. Surrounding areas of the Philippines. And at the same time, um, when, it was men- when he mentioned that there were plans to send, you know, like, military planes mm-hmm. and navy ships mm-hmm. and even around two battalions uh-huh. he was saying that even if these all these defense assets were going to be sent there he wanted to make it clear that none of these none of these assets would be used for combat okay. which is why it's really important that that the dfa secured secured clearance mm. for these assets to arrive there otherwise you know you might mistake them as hostile Uh-oh. hostile people so you're saying that philippine armed forces your uh, involvement in is only for evacuation, yes. possible evacuation. Yeah. They said uh, very limited. It would be limited to evacuation and uh, 
strong emphasis on the fact that they're not there for combat. So hindi naman tayo parang since our close relations with with the US, hindi tayo titingnan as target ng, Ir- ng Iraq or Iran if ever. That's why mandatory evacuation plans were put into place because they wanted to ensure that the some 2 million Filipinos there wouldn't be caught in the crossfire. Mm. Pero if things get worse, baka bull of Middle East nga affect, affected, mm-hmm. di ba? And you know, as you said kanina, Middle East is a ground for OFWs. Mm-hmm. If mawala lahat ng Middle East OFWs natin doon, how will you think this will dent yung OFW deployments natin? And siguro, gano ba kalaki yung share ng OFWs sa Middle East compared to the whole data on OFWs? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think it would be severely affected uh, only because... For one, if one reason only, it would be because about half or mm. almost half of our deployments okay. are to the Middle East. And at the same time, though we're all familiar with overseas Filipino workers' yeah. stories that actually even when it comes to evacuation itself, yeah. it's hard to ask them to come home. Yeah. It's okay. hard to say it's a forced evacuation yeah. because the reality is sometimes Filipinos don't want to leave because they have no jobs, here, they have no jobs here. And it's still, they would rather wait out whatever conflict is happening in the re- in, where they are. They'd rather stay put because it's important for them to keep working and to keep yeah. earning and support their families here at home. And while, yes, we would be, it, would be, it would severely affect OFWs in the Middle East, I think, let's say, with lesser number oh. of, pe- of Filipinos going there, I don't think we'd see, even if there was a total deployment ban because mm-hmm. of conflict, I don't think we'd see this the end or oh. there would be a stop of Filipinos going there mm-hmm. because we already see that in countries where alert level four is yeah. raised, Filipinos still manage to yes. make their way there to work. Yeah, so I think it, I think the root solution dito siguro is to make sure that the government has a concrete and efficient plan for mm-hmm. those na ma evacuate back to the Philippines. Right. Kasi parang hindi enough yung 10,000 pesos. Yeah, hindi enough din na, I mean, uh, for example, um, alternative livelihood and everything. Yeah. Because you have to remember that the, the Filipinos are going there precisely for the reason that they earn much, much, much yes. more. And they don't only support their immediate family. They exactly. support niece, nephews, cousins, exactly. buong barangay minsan. Mm-hmm. So I hope nga the government is, before they actually force mm-hmm. people, they, they, have, they should have this solutions in place na. Para hindi naman na mas, parang of course we have nga na pabalik dito, magkakaroon ba sila ng bagong problema kasi may mga nag-find ng way para makapasok mm-hmm. ulit. So how do you think this will end? Do you see na do you see them in the immediate months? Will matapos na to, or will this be the start of a new conflict, con- like what happened with Iraq and US that day? Again, I think it's hard to say for okay. certain, no. But then because it's hard to predict what what will happen in a region that's so volatile, especially with a president like exactly like, like very un- like President Donald Trump, yeah. who I mean, yeah, people call the decision very impulsive, and so. Yeah, it's hard to say for certain, especially in a region that's very volatile. And mm. knowing that the region is volatile as well, I think a lot of experts and a lot of people look at the place and worry that it might not be the last time something like that happens. Yeah. Oh. Let's say even if it's not the U.S. who acts mm. um, and triggers it, but it definitely won't be the last time that conflict breaks out Mm-mm. and tensions perhaps reach the to a dangerous point. No, so. Yeah, it's important to keep a close watch on that. So on that note, it, I hope that we hope that it doesn't escalate to a full-blown war. Because mm-hmm. of course, aside from the Philippines, OFWs uh, there, 
we have to remember yung mga civilians na possible ma-affected pa. Mm-hmm. We've seen it since Syrian war na ang laki na ng death toll. And it's, we haven't seen the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Sophia, for joining me today and for clarifying a lot of things. And we're, we're going to tap you again if may mangyari pang oh, development. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you'd like to be updated on this issue and other things, please visit Rappler and also follow us on our social media accounts. If you have any topic in mind that you think we should tackle, email us at investigative at rappler.com. Again, I am Judesca Villan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories.